Smut Report! Hi, welcome back to the Smut Report podcast. I'm Holly. I'm Erin. I'm Ingrid. And we are kicking off something that we're super excited about, or maybe just me. Maybe I'm the one who's really excited about this, and Erin and Ingrid are just humoring me. But (laughs) over the next... I don't know, I can't math. Like 10 or 12 episodes, we are going to decide definitively who the best romance duke is. Woo woo! So it's time to put your dukes up. No, no, no. <laughs> put up your dukes. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> okay, it's time to put up your dukes. Sorry. Put up your dukes. So what do you what do you listeners think? Etymologically, this comes from so Dukes actually comes from Dukes of York, which ties into Cockney rhyming slang, which is referring to one's forks, which was a slang term for forks, f- hands, your hands. <laughs> yeah. So like when you when you fork something, it comes from pickpocketing etymologically. How many times can we say etymologically on a romance novel podcast? Is what I want, All though. day <laughs> long. We'll count. We'll keep track. We're going to nerd game. out. Drinking game. Drinking <laughs> game. Watch out, listeners. You're about to get schwasty. Not to be confused with entomology, which is the study of ins. Well, that's our next challenge. Have a whole (laughs) podcast about entomology and romance novels. (laughs) But anyway, just saying. Holly and Ingrid seem to think that it should be put your dukes up, which just sounds horrible. And right. Not least because it ends with a preposition. Grammar nerd. So we're going to put up your dukes, and I'm not changing any of the pictures in Canva to read any differently. Whatever. It just doesn't sound <laughs> right. I stand by it. Yeah. Although, I, while I agree with Ingrid, we both pulled our various spouses and um, other acquaintances, and I think Ingrid and I are the only ones who say, put your dukes up. Everyone else is like, True. no, it's put up your dukes. What, what are you talking about, you dumbass? It was was a pretty wide and conclusive survey, but I stand by it. It just feels good to win. You guys can just be wrong over in your corner. All right. Well, Ingrid, you were saying that you were going to tell us stories about history. I've already started the history conversation with my discussion of etymology. You're welcome. So let's move into the next nerd category. So here's the deal. I exclusively did this because you know how I can't, I just can't let things lie. So basically, we had been talking about Dukes in general and about what's the deal with Dukes. And so I was like, is this just a smut report thing? Do we just have a deal with Dukes or is this like a thing, you know, the Duke thing? So I looked it up and let me just pick up my notes. Historically, most people and this is kind of like murky so don't pin me down to this because i'm not a historian but i think most people the general public would look at like jane austen as being one of the forerunners of romance novels and like that yeah 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 all that well there was a romance novel that came before that it was called pamela or virtue rewarded by samuel Mm -hmm. richardson you've oh i think we should read this book i think so too So here's the deal. It was one of the first ones, or maybe the earliest. I don't know. Again, don't pin me to this. I'm not a historian. I'm creative writer slash poet slash dishwasher and butt wiper. But (laughs) basically, 
basically, it's one of the first known romance novels, and it's about the a romance that blooms between a maid and her land-owning master. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because it brought up, and some of the other things I read too, it pointed out that back then women were property. So mm-hmm. one of the only ways that you could change your fortune was to make an advantageous marriage. And so this story is like, you know, the ultimate advantageous marriage that could change your life. So, you know, you're looking at all these women who are drawn to these books. Well, that's probably a big part of why, because it wasn't just that it was shining light onto this often ignored inner life of women back then. It was also because it was it was the equivalent of like fame and fortune on the high seas for boys. Right. This is how you change your life. And so it was thrilling, the idea that you could. Like, what if, you know? So anyway, I wondered if there's this thread, we still read these books and there's still this like thrilling idea that this powerful and rich man could come into your life and that it could be your future. You could change your life because this man deigned to look upon you with favor, you know, like that kind of a thing. So anyway, Mm -hmm. that's pretty much it. I don't really have a conclusion here. I just read it and was like, all right, maybe that's where we get it from. Maybe we like the snooty dukes because we want them to pick us, you know, like change my life, that kind of a thing. Anyway, that's what I got for you. So what we're going to be doing is, so basically we made a bracket. You guys know how a bracket works, listeners. I did. Okay, Ingrid didn't know how to how a bracket works. For those of you who don't know how a bracket works, we picked 16 books and each week or each episode in the next coming weeks, we're going to read two of them. We'll talk about them. We'll discuss which duke is better and we'll vote one off the island and the winners will fight each other. Metaphorically, figuratively. Yes. yes. And then we'll have our winner. And just to be clear, Our goal here is not necessarily to pick the best book, but to pick the best Duke. So the best Duke character who really, who really epitomizes, you know, what Ingrid was talking about with this fantasy of this cool, aloof, rich, handsome, maybe we'll have to discuss parameters, man who will sweep someone off their feet. So how we picked the books, obviously, we were very scientific. Extremely scientific. About this. And extremely scientific. The most scientific. To the max. <laughs> to the max. And so uh, we each nominated uh, like four or five books. And we went to social media. We asked people who follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Smut Report what their favorite Dukes are. And from there, we we picked. And there were some books that were suggested a lot that we didn't choose because we had already picked something else by that same author. So we tried to do kind of a a book by 16 different authors and that exemplifies Duke. So right. yeah, yes. a lot of these authors will write multiple Duke and a lot of these authors we had already read. Yes. So we haven't necessarily reviewed a ton of Eloisa James, for example, on our blog but I think she's one that we have all, the three of us, read prior to starting the blog. Yes. Who hasn't, really? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely our own personal past interests influence some of our initial selections. But as Holly said, we, we did find a lot of consistency in recommendations. Yes, this is absolutely true. There's a lot of consistency in recommendations. 
and then the other thing I wanted to note is that most of these books are older. So we're not looking for like the newest hot Duke, but the Dukes with staying power that yep. are really sticking with us. So you can go to the show notes for the full list of books, but maybe we can each talk about a few of the Dukes or the books that we that we each threw onto the list. Okay. Ingrid, do you remember any of the books you suggested? I, I don't. I'm looking right now because I'm just like, it's like always shocking to me that I'm like, we, we do this and we all prepare. And then I'm like, it's on the outline. And I still am like, this is brand new information. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can tell you, Ingrid, that two of your included books, because I think Holly and I haven't read either of these authors, are... Idra Richards. Is it Idra or Adra? Oh, yes. Richards, mm-hmm. A Duke in Disguise. Yep. yep. And Project Dutch by yes. Sabrina okay. Jeffries. Yes. And I, I can tell you why I chose these. My method might be slightly different than, than yours, but... Yes, please tell us yes. why you chose these books. Well, so what I did, because I have a um, somewhat unique situation where I can't remember anything. So sometimes I'll get a third of the way into a book that I've already read and it's like, oh, oh, I've read this one already, but I don't, you know, like I don't have time to reread a third of every book when we do this kind of stuff. So this is what I did. I went online. I looked in on Goodreads and I looked on Reddit on the romance books subreddit. If you have not checked that out, you absolutely should, because I think it's rich with juicy information. But anyway, and then I also looked on, (laughs) thank you, Aaron, for setting me up. My Goodreads account, my own, to see what I actually read to see if anything sparked stuff. And it did. So that's good. So the Adra, Adra Richards, I had recently read another book by her with the Duke in it, and it was superb. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to put my money behind this one. I think she's got the Duke thing down pat, and I bet it'll be good. So I did that one. Also, I saw some other recommendations for her. So I was like, I'm clearly not making this up. And then what was the other one that you said, Erin? Project Duchess. Yes. So same thing. I had been doing some research and it just kept popping up. And I was like, okay, well, so I, I looked at it. Obviously, the most scientific way to determine if a romance novel is going to be fantastic is to check out the cover. So I did that. <laughs> and then um, I also read a bunch of the <laughs> notes. But in my experience, the ones that comes from the publisher is purely for titillating fun. It's actually not a very good representation of like what's going to be in the book. It's I think it's just for us to drool over. I checked what readers thought about about it and it, it just kept popping up and I was like, all right, we're going to we're going to give it a go. So that's what I did for all of them, really. Some of them I know I've read and I know I loved them. So I that's one part of it. But because I also have like massive brain gaps, I was like, well, this seems good. So I did it. Sounds good. It's always good to have a little bit of chaos I, mm-hmm. in our bracket making. <laughs> I, I am an agent of chaos. Good, <laughs> good nature chaos. But yes. Wild card. I mean, you're not the only one. Holly's a chaos reader. She's like, let's just start in the middle of a series. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. No regrets. No regrets. Okay, so speaking of middle of the series, one of the books that I put on is Duke of Sin by Elizabeth Hoyt, (laughs) which is book 10 in a series. Which, But Um, hold on there, Holly. I also read Duke of Sin, and both of us are like, we have to read this book so that we can figure out what Ingrid thinks of Montgomery because Yeah. Well, so because Aaron and I both nominated Montgomery <laughs> as as one of the best dukes, he he got a very high seed, but mainly we were just like 
we can't wait to see what Ingrid thinks of this guy. <laughs> I have a bad feeling about this. He's like, he's so awful and so amazing at the same time. Yeah, but you know, book 10 in a series, but it's fine. It's fine. I read it first and it's like, it stands alone fine. <laughs> so I'm sitting here feeling bad that one of my methods was to research what I might have read and look it up online. And you guys have the method of picking what will scandalize Ingrid the most. I, that it. Just this one. All right. All right. I see. Yeah, we did not pick Whitney, my love. You're welcome. And then Aaron, what was your method? What'd you do? I went back through my old books and I picked the ones that stuck with me from way back. So flowcharts? There were (laughs) (laughs) a little less scientific than that. A couple overlapped with Holly, a couple of mine. So those got high seeds. A Duke of Her Own by Eloisa James. And as we already discussed, Duke of Sin by Elizabeth Hoyt. But I also wanted Judith McNaught. I said, we're not going to do Whitney, my love. I remember being somewhat traumatized by Whitney, my love. And I think Holly just categorically refused to read it after her sister recommended it. Oh, you did read it? Oh, I read it and was also like, what the fuck is this book? But I remembered A Kingdom of Dreams being very Judith McNaught, but without some of... I mean, it still has some consent issues being an old school kind of medieval romance where the bride gets kidnapped. But, you know, if you're going to go in for that, go in for it, but without some of the other content that is extremely troubling from Whitney, my love. And I remember the last scene vividly. So I kind of wanted to see if that holds up. And then Slightly Dangerous by Mary Ballow. That one is one that I loved in my youth, younger years, 20s. I don't even know when I first read it. So, and then The Duchess Steel. I can't wait. I can't wait. Have you guys read that one at all? That one's Tessa Dare, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Which one is that? I found it very entertaining. Is that in the Girl Meets Duke series? I think I have that one. Yeah, it might be. It's it's an it's the newer series, but it's the okay. first one in the new series that she's been writing. Is that the one with the wedding dress? Yes. Okay, I've read that one. Okay, I found that extremely entertaining. So, all of my recommendations were powered by long held remembrances. I guess I would say that's fair. I mean, I would say most of mine are also long-held remembrances so but a couple of these Mm -hmm. like the duchess war and a duke by default Mm -hmm. are not really old school duke romances that's true right so the duchess war by courtney milan i'll be honest actually more people recommended the duke who didn't by courtney milan which is a a much more recent book is probably 2021 and the duchess war is maybe 20 12, 2011, maybe even older. So he's not an old school Duke, but it is an older book. It's at least, I want to say it's at least 10 years old. Yeah, I think. You know, so we do have some some people who are playing around with... What it means to be a Duke or what is a good Duke. Yeah, what it means to be a Duke, what is a good Duke. And so we'll see if these books that are playing around with it a little bit or questioning what a Duke is or should be are as satisfying make as good of dukes as these, you know, as the Judith McNaught dukes might do. So what do you think is a good duke? How are we going to judge these dukes? I think power. Okay, power. Now, when I say power, that doesn't necessarily mean wealth. It means power. 
there's like an innate ability to like make things happen with okay. power. Well, there's also institutionalized power. Right. right. So do you mean institutional power? Do you mean like charisma? Let's be real. This is these are romance novels. I could give a rat's ass about institutional power. I think it's a factor that needs to be discussed. But I mm-hmm. care about the power where he like looks at, at the misbehaving Earl or whatever and gives him like the sardonic brow. How many times is that going to be in these books? I don't know. We'll count. <laughs> and, he, and he just withers and scampers off because like it doesn't really matter if he's a wealthy duke or a not wealthy duke or if he's been a reclusive duke or an active duke. It, he There is just something about him that has power. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. So that's interesting because I think some of these, I think we ended up with a lot of different personalities in these dukes Mm -hmm. i know that montgomery montgomery would be elizabeth hoyt's duke of sin and bucastle which is slightly dangerous by mary ballow you know definitely exemplify this kind of duke that you've described whereas ashbury in the duchess deal is kind of a mess Mm. and so part of his thing is it's not that he doesn't have power because he's still a duke but he's hiding because he's scarred but okay but then also let's go back to holly's duke project and she's got these like super angsty traumatized Mm. by their upbringing dukes right that also play in a lot right these like i don't know how to be a duke a lot of it is i'm struggling with my relationship with my father and what Mm. kind of duke my father was and what kind of duke i want to be interesting And i think that and that shows up a lot in Dukes. I don't know if that angst about your role in society necessarily makes you good Duke or not. It's more of a, it just, it like shows up a lot. Well, maybe this is making me revisit. So I, I think when I think of these Duke books, what I'm drawn to is that innate power. But maybe, <laughs> maybe the power factor just needs to be addressed in some way in the book. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Whether it's institutional or whether it's that, because I still feel like that's a hallmark of the Duke books because, and I'm partially coming at this because I did my tiny amount of research and it was like, landowner with maid. So in my head, I'm just like, well, that's something. So maybe the kind of unifying idea here isn't specifically power. It ties more into the emotionally constipated component Mm. where both the Dukes who are very all up in their power, like Bucastle and Montgomery, are starchy. And what ends up breaking them is falling in love. And then they have this very big moment of dramatically breaking down their... I can't believe you just described Montgomery as starchy. Starchy Well, that's true. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. That's valid. That's valid. (laughs) Bucastle is extremely starchy. But like... They, they have it together. They have their institutionalized power that they lean on, and they don't lean on anybody else. And mm-hmm. then their love interest comes in and just like collapses them. And that is the dramatic thing. And I think that that same thing happens with the Dukes like Ashbury in the Duchess deal. He's also emotionally isolated mm. and also collapses his walls at the end it just manifests differently in his situation for like why he's isolated maybe the isolation is the thing they're at the top of this pyramid of power well but so what you're describing is their journey not necessarily well i guess if they're at the top of the pyramid of power and the love gets them out of the isolation is like what's 
compelling about these dukes. But I guess the bigger question is like, what makes him attractive as a duke? Like the best duke rather than just the best emotionally constipated romance hero who happens to be a lord, but like could be a baron, you know? Right. And so I think I think Ingrid's onto something with power. And I do think for me to really be a good duke, he can't actually be too nice. I feel like there is a trend somewhat in writing romance now for dukes to be written as cinnamon rolls. Cinnamon rolls. Yes. Cinnamon roll dukes. And well, it's like the ethically or the ethical oh. billionaire. It's like the ethical okay. billionaire. It's like, let's make this the ethical duke. What were we just talking about? One of our recent conversations was about like, uh, let's be honest, this person would not have cared about what he was doing to the planet or whatever, like what he was doing right. to his social inferiors. Like, right. And I think we've been acknowledging that and people have been wanting to shift that. Uh, but as Ingrid pointed out recently, the Duke archetype just seems to be like he kind of is an asshole. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie. I expect the Dukes that are kind of assholes to do better. And I think we have some on the list who are less assholey. And, you know, like the Alyssa Cole book and the Courtney Milan book and the Cat Sebastian book, I expect are going to have people who are kind of grappling with their position and trying not to be assholes about it. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how they, yeah. they work this out. I mean, one question that I was looking at when I was picking the books and stuff and I was looking at my bracket was, what difference would it make if this character wasn't a duke? Maybe it'll be a great book, but why does it matter that he's that he's a duke? So could you have taken this, this book and made him an earl or whatever? Chimney sweep. Yeah, anything. Or just a wealthy, you know, tradesperson. And would it have hit the same? If no, it wouldn't because there's the power dynamic at play here. Then that's a Duke book. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, it's just a, it's a book where a character happens to be a Duke, and I don't think that's necessarily the same thing. And I know that's nitpicking, but I yeah, no, I think it. I think that that is exactly what it is. Is if we could say if you could make this person, if you could exchange him with Winterborn, <laughs> for example, yeah, Winterborn's right? a great example. Right? Because he has a lot, he has power, he's emotionally constipated, but he is a commoner with a shit ton of money, basically. And right? this is he's Miss a So, like, people who right. don't, who haven't read this, we talk about Winterborn all the time because it's a huge dust up here. Yes. But, but it's Lisa Claypless marrying Winterborn. Yes. And he's just a super wealthy dude, you know. Thank you, Endless Ingrid. resources. Endless resources, who also has quite a bit of power. Yes, just not, but, but not a duke. <laughs> right? And he's not a duke, and he has a little bit of, like, an inferiority complex about that. So, yeah. So, like, basically, if the guy in the book could be traded with Winterborn, then maybe it's not a duke book. Right. Right. And Lisa Kleypas is not on our list because I, she tends to write that kind of hero with a lot of power due to the fact that he has established himself as a power with great wealth. Right. right. So, yeah. And I, I don't know. Do we have some... Dukes who have become impoverished and they have to marry well? I don't know if we do. But there are definitely right. those in that category. Maybe some Laura Lee Gerke ones. Well, we have a Laura Lee Gerke on the list. Yeah. So so we'll find out. We'll see. But I don't know. I guess my question then is, what is the difference between... Because I get the same emotional high 
from Winterborn as I do from Montgomery. I think it's doing a lot of the same things, even though Mm. there's a different social component. I think if I'm going in to read a Duke, I want this tough nut to crack. Mm. Otherwise, yeah, I think I'm aligned with you guys in terms of if I just wanted to read about somebody who's struggling with his life, with his family and his how becoming an adult has opened his eyes to his position or whatever. I get that a lot in a lot of modern contemporary romance. And that's not necessarily what I'm going for when I'm picking up a Duke archetype. So this is what I think about that. I think what you're saying makes sense, Erin. I think from a character development standpoint, there's something different about a character who is born into power versus mm. someone who had to had yeah. clawed and fought and worked hard and sacrificed, who knows that the power that they have could be taken from them in a second if mm-hmm. their wealth was gone or if their business that, failed or whatever. So yeah, like we're that. looking at people who are, who are because one of these things we talked about, like Holly said about Dukes who, str- who often, it's, oh, they don't like the way that their father was a Duke. Well, this is something where you know you're born into this power. And you're looking at how someone did it before you, whether they squandered all the money or abused their staff or whatever, mm-hmm. that it's something that it can't separate yourself from it. It's almost like that gilded cage and it's different. It's just a different kind of power. And so that's, I think there are so many different ways for these Dukes and all these books to struggle with that, that born power. But I think that's the difference. Mm-hmm. You don't, I like you're that. not going to stop being, I mean, it, you, you stop being a Duke if you die. Mm-hmm. Right. But you get that power. You're a duke. Yeah. So yeah, this will be interesting because we have a couple books in here featuring dukes who discover that they are dukes as part of the story is they discover that they're actually the heir to a dukedom and didn't know about it. Or um, the reverse. Or there's one book on here, which is the reverse. Ooh. Mr. Cavendish, I presume, by Julia Quinn, which is part of the Duke of Wyndham duology. And the first book is about the guy who discovers he's the real heir. And then this book is about the guy who thought he was the Duke his entire life and then discovers he's not actually a Duke at all. So this one's going to be interesting because if this one takes the cake, guys, there's going to be an uproar. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So should we talk about our brackets and our predictions and who we think is going to take the cake as it yeah were. let's do this let's do this we're all, right. we're all we all chose different things so i think i'm really yeah. excited about this <laughs> and okay and how we chose so i think i let my memories do my decision making for me i really struggled with Fla- flowers from the storm um, by laura kinsale because everybody that i hear about loves this book but i haven't read it so i'm gonna trust my gut on some of my past readings so there were several tough matchups for me. At the beginning, I was like, Holly, you put these two fighting each other in the first round. Like, how am I going to choose Sarah McLean versus the Duchess deal? And so I ended up choosing the Duchess deal over 11 scandals to start. Um, and that was really difficult for me. But I did choose Duchess deal to go all the way. And I, I chose that one because didn't go full-blown angst, but Ashbury definitely has a lot of baggage. There's a social difference component to the relationship. 
and he's a very angsty duke. So it was difficult. I mean, in my top two, I had A Kingdom of Dreams by Judith McNaught, which is just like classic versus a Duchess deal. And in my final four, I had Villiers uh, from Eloisa James, A Duke of Her Own, which came up in a lot of recommendations. The Duchess deal, McNaught, and Flowers from the Storm. So I think it's going to be tough. In terms of like who I think is going to crash and burn early, I agree with our previous assessments. I don't think that I'm going to feel as satisfied by the Dukes who are extremely well-behaved. So I don't think that we're going to get a lot of satisfaction from our Dukes. I mean, I think we might like them, but in terms of like, yes, this Duke romance is hitting for me. I think some of the more recent publications are not going to go very far. All right. Holly, what about you? So I have Gervaux from Flowers from the Storm uh, by Laura Kinsale going all the way. And uh, I guess part of it is like, I'm the only one of us who's read it. So really, this whole project was so I could get Aaron and Ingrid to read Flowers from the Storm for me. So There's no lie there. That is absolutely true. There is no lie there. And so I don't know how we ended up reading 16 books when really all I wanted to do was Flowers (laughs) from the Storm. (laughs) Um, But he does all of the things that we've talked about in terms of what do we want from a Duke book. He's powerful. He knows his power. He It's like we have a, a class difference, but also he undergoes like an extremely traumatic event early in the book, which means that he is no longer powerful and must reclaim his power and must rely on the heroine to help him reclaim his power in a very literal am I going to be allowed to keep my title sense? Hmm. And he's such an asshole, but he's also really vulnerable. So I feel like he has all the things that we want from Duke books, but he has all of them instead of just like one side or the other. So so it's so rich. I'm so excited to read this. And my final four, uh, so I had him going up against Montgomery, the Duke of Sen. And mainly Montgomery kept winning these matchups because because he's just like so delightful i just mm-hmm. laughed so much when i was reading his book and but like not because he's nice but because he's no, like he's awful he just like doesn't he's care horrible. he <laughs> doesn't care um so i do think in terms of what might crash and burn early i mean i think aaron's right we're not gonna like the more recent ones as much maybe but I personally had Villiers from Eloisa James is a Duke of her own and Bucastle from the Mary Bello book knocked out in the first round. And for a very specific reason, which is both of these books are the final capstone book in a mm. long series. Oh, good call. And like Villiers is the first Duke I ever loved. He is like the Duke of my heart. I love him so much. But I don't think he has a lot to do in his book that's about him. And I don't think his mm-hmm. book will hit very hard unless you've you have the already rest of the book. read his five-book arc of him trying to have an affair with his best friend's wife. Yeah. I don't think it stands alone. And I haven't read the whole Slightly series, but I think I've only read one or two of the Mary Ballow Slightly series, but... This, again, is the last book in a long series about a bunch of brothers, Is if that's 
right? brothers and sisters, six okay, siblings. Of family. And I think it's going to be the same thing. I think they, they're they not going to. That is a really good point that on their own. the the Dukes who have, who are built up throughout the series hit more powerfully probably when you've read the whole series although the argument could be made for montgomery he comes in as a villain yeah earlier in the series well holly if you have finished i will give you my scientific and thorough yes i've I, I, I finished practice. i know and i know you picked villier as your as your winner I did. so i did and i'm going to tell you why tell so me why it was a three-pronged system okay uh one and the most important, because I did actually want to do my due diligence, was since I can't remember any details, but I can remember how I felt. I went with how all these different authors, like if I've read a bunch of them and I, I, I get the vibe, like I know that Eloisa James, Sabrina Jeffries, like Mary Ballow, I know how they feel. So I was like, mm-hmm. I bet that she's going to pull it off with this one because of the way that they write. Now you have thrown me off a little bit because I do have the same hard and fast rule that the last book in a series is 99% of the time a little bit disappointing. So I'm a little bit concerned, but I'm sticking by it because I have two <laughs> other prongs. I have two other prongs. So the, the second prong is the cover mm-hmm. because I was like, well, I want some drama. I want it to be the old style of cover. I mm-hmm. felt pretty strongly about it. So I went with that. That was the backup though. So really the first one was the, was the author. So don't think I'm ridiculous. I am ridiculous. This is the chaos. <laughs> And then the third one was how ridiculous the name was of the Duke. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> because I, I can't remember this stuff, guys. So I am the chaos factor. So I threw everything up into turmoil, but that's what I did. So I knew that Eloisa James, I think that she has a knack for powerful dudes and turnarounds. So I thought, okay, that, that might work. And then, um, but it was really, I was really torn, actually. I got thrown off because Sabrina Jeffries, I think, is also kind of a heavy hitter. So that was stressful. And then I think everything Courtney Milan says on Twitter is like the gold standard of truth. Like, I think she's brilliant. So, but I really haven't read any of her books. So I was like, all right, well, I, I have good feeling about her, but I don't know. She's kind of a wild card. And then Mary Ballow, I was like, I just don't know how that's going to age. So anyway, that's how I ended up with Eloisa James, because I was just like, I feel like this works. But also, um, I'm sorry, but Jervolks, Jervol, Jervol, <laughs> that's not going to work for me. It's weird. It's a weird name. <laughs> oh, well, there's like a whole scene in there where the heroine it is mispronouncing the name and gets corrected by the butler. And it's like very embarrassing. I think after <laughs> she's already married to him. It's like... <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. And Bewcastle. Bewcastle's a bother for me too because I just feel like Bewcastle sounds like the name of someone who would be a really bad kisser. Just too much saliva. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that one. Edinburgh, I couldn't do that one because all I can think of is that the modern royal face is too close to real and the most recent little tidbit of information I did not want to know about the royal family was the conversation about whether or not the incoming king brings around his own toilet seat everywhere he goes. I don't, it just ruins it for me. So, and Arundel and Montgomery, those are counties in Maryland. (laughs) True. Probably named for dukedoms. Probably named for dukedoms. So anyway, this is what happened for me. And that's how I did my, uh, that's how I did my, my bracket people because I didn't really know how brackets worked because I'm not a sporty type and also uh I don't remember anything so (laughs) wild card wild card so I think it's interesting that we 
ended up with like completely different, completely different finals. There's minimal overlapping of our final fours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we all came up with a different book. And I think we are going to be surprised by the results that we end up having. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, obviously, just gut instinct is probably good enough, but <laughs> I, I am glad. Well, I'm glad that we've had this conversation about what makes a Duke because it's going to affect how we think about it going forward. Should this, could this book be a great book? And some of them might be like the best book ever, but if it's not, we're looking at Dukes. This right. isn't just about the book. Could this be a great book without it being a Duke book? And I think the answer has to be no. It had right. to be a Duke book. So that's yeah. going to really help me going into it, being more critical, I think. Yeah. But yes, I I I agree with both of you. We are going to be surprised, especially if our method is going to be we have our discussion and then at the end we say like one, two, three, vote, and it's two to one. And yeah. that's, <laughs> that's the book that's going to win. <laughs> I think that will happen more than we would like. So right now our plan is to post our discussions for this every Monday and Friday and work down the bracket. Well, for the next 12 posts, we'll be doing a Monday-Friday posting schedule, wrapping up at the end of September with our winner. So uh, what we'll be doing in the next episode is we're going to be doing a deep dive. Uh, We'll be reading A Duke of Her Own by Eloisa James and What I Did for a Duke by Julianne Long. And then we'll be putting up the Dukes of Villiers and Falconbridge. Talk about the books, talk about these guys as dukes, and uh, seeing who will advance to the it's next round. It's going to be Eloisa James. Or will it? Has any of us read Julianne Long? Uh, yeah, but like a long, a long time ago. I remember liking some of her books. So we could get we could get a real upset here in the first round. We, who knows? We could get a real upset here. We'll find out. Well, to be honest, that would really take the pressure off me, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Until then, thanks for joining us at the Smart Report. For complete show notes and a list of all the books that we're reading for this Put Up Your Duke Smashdown, please go to smartreport.com slash podcast. And please also find us on all of our socials, wherever they might be. Try smartreport.com to see if we're at your social of choice. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-